Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Good day to you moms. I'm having a great day here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm excited for you to join me in part two of our Advent season series for this year. Last time we took a look at two ordinary women, Elizabeth and Mary. One was barren, one was betrothed, and you'll remember that we compared and contrasted those two women. And it's really quite powerful to step back from the picture and remember that these were just common people that the Lord chose, that He invited to be a part of His story. And that's actually what He does for each and every one of us. Each one of us has a role to play in His story, in the history of the world, in the biblical narrative He has woven in common people. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Shepherds and priests 
and carpenters like we'll see today have been invited by the Almighty to participate in what He's doing to redeem mankind. And so that's one of the main themes that I want to make sure that you're paying attention to as we go through. Today is entitled, Two Men, One a Priest, One a Carpenter. So obviously today we're going to look specifically at Zechariah, who was the husband of Elizabeth, and we're going to look at Joseph, who was betrothed to Mary. So once again, we have these two men, different jobs, different things that they did for a living, and yet, again, it is remarkable to me the diversity of people that God used to weave into his story. And we are all invited to be a part of that as his children, but it does require our participation, right? And so we see today that in two different instances, how did God invite Zechariah in? How did God extend that invitation to Joseph, because the two invitations we're going to look at today were extended in different circumstances for different reasons and different places, had different outcomes, right? And so we want to make sure that we look at these. And as we're looking at these, moms, I want to challenge you, listeners, consider, consider when God has invited you to be a part of what He's doing, and those invitations take on a variety of different forms, right? It might be that you're made aware of a need that you have an opportunity to respond to and to meet and to fill, perhaps. It could be something pretty urgent that you see. Um, you see someone in distress or you see someone. I was the other day, I literally helped somebody across the road the other day. It seemed like such a small thing. But at the same time, for that individual, it seemed like a a quite significant thing. So we actually all the time, whether you're at the grocery store or you're at home, you're at work, you're traveling on vacation. I also had an incident recently when I was on a plane and there was a man who had a medical emergency and had the opportunity to just step in and help. There are abounding opportunities for us to be the light to the nations and to the world and to individuals if we would but dare to pay attention. So let's let's dive on in. We've got two different passages today. We're going to look at the story of Zechariah and we've had that in Luke 1, 5 through 2:20. Then we're also going to look over in the book of Matthew starting in chapter 1 verse 18 and going through the end of that chapter. Now, obviously, Joseph's story continues on longer than Zechariah's does, but that's the portion we're going to look at today for Joseph. So first of all, we're looking at when Zechariah, it was his turn, right? He is the first one in this narrative of the birth of Christ. So God sent his son to come and be Emmanuel, God with us, to come and tabernacle with us. So in the Old Testament, we have the children of Israel, the Hebrews, led out of oppression under Pharaoh in Egypt by Moses. And when they were in the desert, they built a tabernacle based on the very specific directions 
that God gave them. He told them what wood to use. He told them what metals to use. He told them what skins to use. He told them which colors. He told them how to embroidery. He was very, very, very specific. The specificity that we see back over in the ark, we see again in the specificity that God lays out for the building of the tabernacle. And his people endeavored to do so. God even appointed specific craftsmen to undertake beautifying the tabernacle. And so in the Old Testament, the symbol was this tabernacle, this physical tent-like tabernacle, the structure where the glory of the Lord dwelt between the cherubims, right? And then you fast forward, that was a pointer, right? It was a pointer forward to the New Testament when God himself would come, God in flesh, Emmanuel would come and do what? Tabernacle with us. And so when the angel comes to Zechariah, this is actually the first of a series of seven, count them, seven angel proclamations throughout this biblical narrative of the birth of the Christ child. There are seven times when an angel comes with a message to a different person. And Zechariah is actually the first one that the angel comes to. And actually, from all accounts, he's the first one to have an, an interaction with an angel in the New Testament. And so, We understand that Zechariah is in a descendant of the Levi tribe, and thereby he serves as a priest twice a year in the temple. And it was his time to go in and serve, which meant he entered in to do his service before the Lord on behalf of the people. And while he was in there, others were outside and they were praying while he was serving the Lord inside the temple. And it is why he is inside, probably pouring incense on the altar, right? And uttering prayers in Hebrew to God, to Yahweh. While he's in there, he is met by an angel. And we pick this, well, I want to back up just one minute because I forgot about this. Please forgive me. So it says, in the days of Herod the king, I'm in verse 5 of chapter 1 of the book of Luke. In the days of Herod the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. This next phrase is very important for us to know, and we'll, I'll, I'll tell you later why, but I want you to remember this next phrase. It says, They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. So you'll hear me say this many times when we get into Bible study. It's very easy for us to just read over things that are in Scripture. For example, one of the things that gets read over the most commonly or maybe just not read at all is the genealogies included in Scripture, and yet they're so important, right? So this is there are a couple of facts in here that we need to pay attention to. So we we very clearly, Zechariah is from Abijah, and then Elizabeth is a descendant of Aaron. So they're both in this priestly line, right? And then there's a point made that they are both righteous, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. So these were this was a couple who independently and together were righteous before the Lord. But they were childless 
and they were advanced in years. So this says a lot. There were those in the community at that time who believed barrenness to be a judgment of God. It reflected some sort of maybe secret or hidden sin. But the writer of Luke goes out of his way to to be clear, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit in writing this, but it's clear here in this passage that no, no, that's not it. Yes, she was barren, but they were righteous. So it can't be taken. Her barrenness cannot be rightly interpreted as any kind of a secret sin or impurity on either of their parts. They were righteous in the sight of God. They were seeking God. They were obeying God. But the passage also says they were advanced in years. So they were childless. She was barren. They were advanced in years. So it didn't look like they were going to have children. That that chapter had already been passed. Picking up now in verse 8, it says, Now it happened while he was performing his priestly service before God at the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Okay? You can go back, if you've got a good cross-reference Bible, you can go back into the book of Leviticus and read about that incense. It's all very clearly laid out there in that book. Picking up in verse 10, And the whole multitude of people were in prayer outside the hour of incense offering, and an angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias standing in the to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said what the angel always says. What did the angel say? The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth, she will bear you a son." And you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as the forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah." So this is massive. This is huge. So we've got Zacharias in here performing priestly duties of burning incense before the Lord, and an angel appears, and it says that fear gripped him, right? This is very common. You can read instances in the Old Testament and even continuing into the New. When anyone encounters an angel, there's this <gasps> moment, right? And the angel is so kind, I think, to say, yeah, don't don't be afraid. I'm, you know, I'm here on good reason. And so the angel says, this is what you need to know. And I, and I love this. Right after, don't be afraid, what is the very next thing the angel says to Zechariah to put him at ease? So don't be afraid. That's supposed to put you at ease. But the second thing, and I love this, he says to Zacharias, your petition has been heard. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? 
These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Mom, listener, are there some things that you've prayed for and prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, and you're pretty convinced that it's just hitting the ceiling? This is a beautiful passage of assurance to all of us that our petitions are heard. Now, this specific passage is written to Zacharias, but it's an assurance for all of us that our petitions are heard. And I love that the angel says this. He says, your petition has been heard because I believe this is a reference to Zacharias having prayed for a son. And yet they were childless and they were advanced in years. It seemed as though that moment had passed. But the angel continues, your wife will bear you a son and you will name him John and you will have joy and gladness. Will you bet? I mean, as long as they've waited and as much as they've wanted this, right? And he says, you're going to be so happy. This is going to be glorious. And many people are going to rejoice. And then he tells about the son he's, his wife is going to bear. About this John, let me tell you about him. Let me tell you what he's going to be like. He's going to be great. He's to drink no wine, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, yet while in his mother's womb. Now, this is, this is all prophetic, right? And yet we see this answered specifically. We talked about this last time. When Mary goes to see Elizabeth, which again, I think was just a gift of God that they had each other, that God, you know, makes it possible for these two women who are pregnant under seemingly impossible, certainly impossible circumstances, according to man have this time together, three months they have together, right? But when Mary goes into Zacharias' house and greets Mary and Zacharias, right, the baby within Elizabeth leaps because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see that pretty immediately. And it says that he will turn many back to the Lord. This is reference to Malachi 4, 6. Remember, there's all those messianic prophecies in the Old Testament pointing toward the Christ. It says in Isaiah that there will be a forerunner, and this angel assures Zacharias that this this child that Elizabeth's going to bear, that you're going to call him John, he's going to be the forerunner of the Christ in the power of Elijah. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is remarkable. This is remarkable news. So now we need to see... What will Zechariah's response be? Zechariah says to the angel, picking up in verse 18, how will I know this for sure? And you just want to say, oh, Zechariah, that's not your line. Do you want to try again? We see here a man who is a priest doubting. He's like, "Uh, how am I going to know this for sure? How... Really? Is this really going to happen? I got to say, I think it's so easy for all of us to read in Scripture these moments of weakness and failure, whether it's Eve 
or it's Abraham, or it's Gideon, or here we have Zacharias, and be critical. But I got to tell you, here's a guy who has been petitioning for a son who never, he and his wife didn't have a child. I'm sure that that was sad for both of them, right? They're on the other side of this even being a possibility. And this angel is showing up. Now, it's easy to say, it's an angel, Rachel. I mean, why doesn't he believe an angel? I'm just going to tell you, I think we could stand to be a little bit more generous. I get that this is doubting. I get that he could have been more faithful in his response. But I get this. And I'm wondering if you do. Are there things in your life that you've prayed for and you've desired and you've wanted and for all the right reasons, for all for good things, right? And then it looks like it actually might come back around and happen. And you're like, yeah, really? I mean, really? And so I, I understand this. I understand this. And it would be worth it for us to think to in our own hearts and minds, when are things that God has extended us, something has come back around to us, and we've like, how am I going to know this for sure? How am I? And we doubt. Instead of faithfully, boldly responding like Mary did, we looked at her last time, may it be unto me according to your word, what a response, Right? I think, I think that many more of us would have responded like Zechariah. I mean, really? Are you sure? Is this really going to happen? So we see that is Zechariah's response in verse 18. He says, how will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Verse 19, the angel answered and said to him, get this, now listen up. Listen up. The angel says, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and bring to you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Huh. Have you ever, can you think back ever to a time in your life when there was this moment of opportunity and you blew it? I know I can. We don't have enough time to discuss all the times that I have done that and just felt like, oh, could I just, could we do another take on that, right? And I think that is what we see here in Zechariah, this angel, Gabriel, because of his doubt. And look, these things are serious. We have instances in the Old Testament that tell us how seriously God takes whining and complaining. Grumbling is a pretty serious thing, according to God in the Old Testament. You can go back to Numbers 14, just as one example in the Old Testament, and look at that. And here, the issue is doubting, right? It's a serious thing. He's not struck dead, but he is struck Dumb. He can't speak, and many scholars believe he was also deaf. There's some indications in Scripture that he might have also been deaf because he had to communicate with Elizabeth using a wooden tablet, right? And so this is a consequence, but it's it gets his attention, right? And during this period of time, I'm just wondering if this extra silence after being the, the last thing, if in fact he was struck deaf, the last thing he heard was the voice of the angel prophesying the birth of his son. And so that has got to be the thing that he hears the rest of this whole time. How will you know for certain? 
as a priest and a student of the Old Testament, there is one shining example in the Old Testament of another occasion on which there was a couple both advanced in years, and God promised them a son, and God fulfilled that promise. You'll remember in the Old Testament, Abraham was 86 when Ishmael was born and 100 when Isaac was born, for nothing is impossible with God. So we have this whole situation with Zacharias. We know that Elizabeth was pregnant. She hid herself for five months. We know that um, she she really took it very personal. And as a blessing, she characterized it as God having looked with favor upon her. And then Mary came and visited her when she was about six months along. And again, the baby leapt within her when Mary came carrying the Christ child. And in fact, upon his circumcision, when the community is asking for what the child will be named, Mary says the name will be John. And everyone in the community is like, what? Why are you going to name him? There's no one in your family named John. And why were they naming him John? Because that's the name that the angel told them to name the child. Look, it's important that we obey God. And it's at the point at which they go to Zacharias and ask him, what's the name of the child supposed to be? And he writes it. It's going to be John. And his tongue is loosened. And what does Zacharias do right when his tongue is loosened? What does he do? He prophesies, picking up in Still in chapter 1 of Luke, it's rather a long chapter. It has 80 verses, 80, yeah, 80 verses. Picking up in verse 67 of Luke chapter 1, and Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. And he has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophet from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy toward the toward the fathers, and to remember his holy covenant. And he goes on for several more verses. Having been struck deaf and dumb, the first thing that Zacharias does when he can speak again is praise the holy, mighty God for what he has already done. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now I want to switch gears and look over at Joseph. We know Joseph initially simply as the man that Mary is betrothed to, and the account of this dream that we're going to look at now of Joseph, his encounter with the angel in a dream, right, is taken in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. So let me read this for us. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary, being betrothed to Joseph... Now it's important to note that when in this culture a couple was betrothed, they were considered husband and wife, but they had not yet come together, had the sexual union. And if they had, it, even though they were betrothed, it would have been considered adultery. So this pretty serious stuff... And that carried a penalty of stoning with it. So this was a very, very serious thing. It says, when 
His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her. In other words, Joseph was a good guy. He did not want to make a big deal out of this. We don't know whether or not or what he thought, except there are indications that he wasn't completely believing that this was something supernatural because of the subsequent dream he has. He had planned to send her away secretly. In other words, he did not want her stoned. He would have had to have been the one, according to Levitical law, he would have had to have been the one to press charges, as it were, against Mary in order for her to be stoned, and he was not willing to do that. He was just going to send her away secretly, but he was not going to have her stoned. Then picking up in verse 20 of chapter 1 of Matthew, but when he had considered this, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from this sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Wow. Wow. Again, we have this moment in this biblical narrative of the angel coming to Mary. Well, first, the angel comes to Zacharias. Then we have an angel come to Mary. And then the third angel we have in the story is to Joseph. And so Mary has had this assurance, right, with the time that she's had in the hill country with her cousin Elizabeth. She's there for three months. She has this time with Elizabeth. But there's still this issue of Joseph, right? What what are we going to do with Joseph? She's saying that she's been visited by an angel, and she's pregnant, and they're betrothed, and he knows it's not his child. Do you see this merciful, gracious gift of God to send an angel to Joseph, right, saying, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife? He's assuring her. I don't know. We don't know. It doesn't say in the biblical narrative if Mary tried to explain to Joseph or perhaps she didn't get a chance to. We don't know. But what we do know is that God intervened and God sent an angel to Joseph to reassure him and say, yeah, you know what? She did find favor with me. She found so much favor for me, and she is pure, such that she's carrying my son, the Son of God. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And you can go through with taking her as your wife because she has broken no law. She has broken no law. I love, 
I love, love, love these stories. I love how raw the passages are. I love how we see the men and women that God chooses to weave into His story wrestle and rest and trust and obey and make great decisions and make lousy decisions and repent and confess and circle back. This is... The example that we have in Scripture, these are the stories of our lives. And this is the gift of God is His Word so that we can learn what it looks like to walk and follow in His ways. It is a beautiful, beautiful narrative. It's see here clearly that Joseph did what the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife, and he kept her. He guarded her virginity until after she had given birth to the child, so that there would be no doubt that this child was the Son of God. Joseph was obedient. He illustrates and exemplifies responsibility. He was faithful to the commitment he'd already made, having entered into a relationship of betrothal with Mary. He was faithful to that, and he was faithful to the commands of the angel and of God. And... When Jesus was born, he named him Jesus. Ordinary men following an extraordinary God. God, living, obedient. They were invited to participate, and they chose to trust and obey. As we consider the story of these two men, a priest and a carpenter, let us dare to continue in prayer. Listeners, All of us have been tempted to give up praying on somebody or something, and this passage should be a reminder to us to persevere in prayer. God does hear our prayers. No prayer goes unanswered. Secondly, let us dare to do as we're directed. It is always honoring to God to trust and obey. It is always the right thing to do, to trust and obey, to live by faith. Number three, let us dare to take hold and keep Christ and His truth central in our hearts. Next time, we'll do part three of our Advent series. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.